Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. A rattled economy, a flip-flopping president. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Crypto Talk Radio. Found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, I am your host, Leister. I want to share a personal story. I have been in a past, distant past now, in a situation where I was being stalked by, and by a female, female, plural. It wasn't fun. You might think, oh, well, you, you know, you're getting chased by women, that's got to be good. It's not fun to be stalked. Stalking is a very dangerous thing. It's not good. My first endeavor, I got rid of the point of contact that I was working with because this joker wasn't paying me like he needed to. And he was trying to pull some boss S on me and I wasn't having it. So we got rid of him and the client, the end client doubled the rate they pay. And I started getting some of that money and it's beautiful, beautiful. And I got all the money I was owed because the, there, there's an intermediary that the client works with and they're the ones that get the money. Previously, they paid my contact. My contact would pay me, but my contact was starting to play Play with my money is like playing with my emotions, like Big Worm. So I kicked him off, kicked him to the curb. He he tried to pull some straight boss S, like literally trying to tell me I can't contact him, I can't email him, I can't tell him nothing. I'm like, dude, you don't run the game. I'm a 1099. I work for myself. Your own contract says you don't own sway over me. And I'm sorry you didn't read your own damn contract, but you don't gonna, you're not gonna pull it on me. Sorry. I'm gonna yank you and make sure you don't get paid if you want to play this game. So then the contact, this other contact, which is the client's side contact, now I'm working directly with them, and they pay me direct, and he's got no balls, but he eventually gave in and started paying. It took two months, so I went two months without getting a check. Now I make enough that, you know, I'm pretty much caught up, but it's the principle of the delay to transition this over, you know, a two-month thing. Well, this other dude, he just contacted today. After two months of radio silence, he contacts today. And he's trying to pull boss S again. 
I tried to reach to him. I've sent him to collections. I had a collection company chasing his ass down because he wasn't paying. The other guy who was going to give him his money tried to reach out to him to get him to his money and make sure everything was on the kosher. He didn't hear back. But all of a sudden, two months later, out of thin air, he tries to pull boss as threatening the client now. Like this dude is the definition of stalker. Like he just won't go the hell away. It's like you're out of the game, dude. You have nothing to do with this anymore. If you try to take anything to court, you're going to get schooled because your own damn contract straight says we hold no sway. You hold no sway over me. So you got no sway over me. You don't have a contract with the client, so they don't have to do shit that you say. The intermediary has a basic agreement with you that just simply says you will make Leicester available for work, and that's it. That's essentially what it says. Well, it's my call. If I don't make myself available to him, he can't make himself available to the other guy. And so he's in breach because I took my ability away from him. This just crazy. So when I saw this, I'm like, man, these, I don't know. I hope that all the other parties involved, because he emailed God in the world. And I hope they're smart enough to just tell this dude to kick rocks like I did. And hopefully it'll go away. And I want him to come at me because really the only agreement he can complain about is with me. And I want him to come at me. Because if it goes to court, I'm going to point to the judge and say, here's the line in his own damn contract that says, we have no obligations. There's no obligation here. He has no authority here. And I'm 1099 on top of it. His own contract confirms this. Why are we wasting time here? And then I'll go back after his ass for punitives. And I've always wanted to sue somebody for punitive damages. That's like the giveaway right there of punitive. You know, you're just being a jackass, and so I'm going to get some money out of you because you wasted my time, the court's time, and everybody else's time. This is a one-man show. This dude, he runs his business, and he's one dude. But he presents it like he's got this major company, but he really doesn't. It's one dude. And I know he's working off like a cell phone because he sucks at paperwork. He sucks at all this. And so I'm, I'm saying this. I, I, wa I want that smoke. I really hope he has the balls to step up and try to sue your boy because I've always wanted to sue somebody for punitive damages. And I have a strong case because of his stalkerish behavior, which he's putting in writing. And I've got all the documentation spinning around about everything that he's done. And I'll present it to that judge and be like, look, man, come on. This is a joke by now. Even if you don't count this line, what he's trying to do is basically treat me like a slave and I'm nobody's slave. So even if you disregard that line, you're going to laugh at him because he's basically trying to treat saying he's not your slave, dude. He doesn't, you don't own him. He can do whatever he wants to do. He kicked you to the curb. That's his right to do it. At that point, all bets are off. At that point, all it's all off. You now are in breach of the contract you have with him and there's no further obligation and we can move on. So I'm now waiting for the next flow of checks to come in from this intermediary because that's going to be where I was burning like 18 hour per day. We're talking crap tons of cash that I'm owed for this. I think it's like a two-week span of time. It's a lot of freaking money. So I'm waiting on that. But meanwhile, we got this dude coming out of the woodworks again, and he's asking about all this crap. And so I'm like, God damn it. Meanwhile, I'm trying to still get the hell out of here, and I'm going to have to pay another month of rent here. And I don't want to, but I'm going to have to. Separately, the other endeavor, they were supposed to get me back on on a part-time basis. I sent them back to hardware. They never heard back. I never heard back from them. So either they don't want it no more, and that's cool because I don't really want to work with them anymore. They're not bad people, but it, it, just the way they work doesn't work with me. 
or somebody dropped the ball and they'll probably have re-imaged the computer and then everything's screwed because I won't have my notes. <laughs> and if I don't have my notes, I can't really do much. So who knows what's going to happen there. So everything's in the, in the middle there. Meanwhile, I'm going to be doing a search. Once I get settled, I'm going to be doing a search for a second client because I always want to have two clients on deck, but I need to keep them under control. They need to do it my way, not their way. They need to play by my rules. I'm not doing any sticking nothing in the arm crap. I'm not doing, they don't need references. They don't need that crap. They can just simply say, let's sign a deal. Here's my rate. Let's get your work done and get it moving. So that's what's on deck there. Why am I telling the story? Because I like to tell a personal story every now and then. I don't want to do it every episode necessarily, but here I thought it was apropos so that everybody understood the kind of pressure Leister is dealing with here at CryptoTalkRadio.net and stalkerism, not from females this time, but from just inane, inept business people that don't understand their place. Let's get into some cryptocurrency, shall we? I'm not going to do a transition. I'm going to skip it today. But let's talk some cryptocurrency. I'm on Coindesk.com and I'm zoomed out to the month chart. Ethereum went, it's in the red more than the green. Ethereum actually shows a stronger downtrend now. Ethereum is at a low of 1824, high of 1856. This is somewhat down. I wouldn't say it's crapping down, but it's more down than people expected it would do. Ethereum, meanwhile, is holding, or excuse me, Bitcoin rather, is holding somewhat middle, even though the graph shows red. It's in the middle in the sense that it had a low of 28.95 and a high of 29.3, which is really slim. It didn't go significant down, but it looks like it's trending down, but not heavy degree. This is the inverse of what we did the last time we did this exercise where we saw that Bitcoin was steeply going down after what was going on with Curve and everything else. And then Ethereum looked like it was holding steady. Now it's the flip-flop. Now it's the opposite. I think it's fine. I don't think we're going to go back down to those lows that we saw before where Bitcoin was like going like 17 grand. I think those days are long gone. I think what's happening is you got a lot of chatter, which I'll talk about in today's episode that's playing a little bit of factor. Let's talk a little bit of news real quick. Coinbase has just made an announcement saying that they're going to do a launch of their layer two blockchain called Base. This is built around optimism. So it's going to allegedly go live on August 9th. Developers were already on this so they could start testing their applications. You'll be able to bridge your Ethereum to this new blockchain should you choose to do just for just for disclosure purposes, I have I am done with Coinbase. I am not doing anything with Coinbase. I am sick of Coinbase. I think they're garbage. And the reason, the straw that broke the back, I tried to do a deposit so that I could get some Ethereum out, and they held it up. They pended it, and so that pisses me off because I don't got time for that crap. It's like, look, I'm giving you, in this case, a pretty significant amount of money, and all I need you to do is convert it to some ETH so I can send it to my wallet. And I don't have time for you to be holding on to my cash interest-free, so screw you, and I've said I'm not doing it. So I tried to go and close the account. They require that you drain all of your different wallets. Well, the, I have dust amounts in various wallets from their learning crap, and I can't transfer them because there's a minimum in order to do the transfer. So I can't transfer them. I tried to transfer to a dead wallet because I don't care about them. Can't do that either. So they'll block you from even closing the damn account. So I'm just going to abandon the damn thing because there's nothing I can do with it. And I'll clear out all my stuff and just abandon it. Let's sit there because I'm not going to use them anymore. I tried then to go into KuCoin. I noticed a new prompt on KuCoin's website that talks about blocking the United States. And I read up where apparently they're going to now force KYC. I did the level one identity verification. I didn't do the full throttle. I was going to do the full throttle, 
just because I have a, I need a to be able to convert fiat to crypto. That's the only reason I use it. And apparently, KuCoin doesn't let you do that on the web. They force you to do a mobile device, which really pisses me the hell off. So I've got to find a different solution just for fiat to crypto conversions. Anybody out there listening to CryptoTalkRadio.net, please hit us up on the site, hit the contact form, join us in Discord, whichever, and share your recommendation if you've got one. All I need to be able to do is transfer fiat into crypto. That's all I need. I don't do it on trades. Don't do any of that stuff. Just a straight fiat to crypto conversion. I'm not doing SMS verification. I'm not doing take a photo selfie. I'm not doing upload an ID card. It should be slick and clean and easy. Worst case, I'll fall back to Paxful if I very must do. I've done it before. I just don't want to because I think they're garbage. But if I have to do it, that's what I will do. Now, let's talk about the big things that were happening here. Cryptocurrency. We had some, we had some number, a number of really big things happen here. Gary Gensler came out. And Gary Gensler has shifted his focus after the big L they took off XRP. Gary Gensler is now pivoting over to AI. He has now said, we need to enforce this. We need to regulate this. We need to crack down on this. And you might be wondering to yourself, what the hell does SEC have to do with AI? I'm going to talk about this here in a second. But what he says, quote, is that it, you know, does this really warrant the hype that it's getting? Does this really, is this really all that it's cracked up to be? Or what is the potential risk associated with this? Quote, Mass automation can have cascading implications for trillions of dollars in assets that trade on markets overseen by the SEC. So what he's saying is, is that people could theoretically be using AI to game the system around securities, around stocks, not just cryptocurrency, but just any sort of market trading and investment strategies that are out there. If you're using AI to influence the system, either you have a, a competitive advantage over other people or you might use it to influence the market, influence price, positive or negative. He had proposed some new regulatory frameworks around AI, around homes, right, and money markets and managements to make sure that the use of predictive data was limited in scope and controlled to make sure that it's only used to benefit those who are doing the trading and not the people who control the technology. So in other words, think of it as, you know, do you have some company out there, let's, I'm going to pick a name, but I'm not directly accusing them of anything. But let's say somebody like a Charles Schwab decides to say, hey, we got this great AI tool that can help make your trades for you. And it will identify these ups and downs and ebbs and flows in these various trade outlets. And it will make the trades for you. All you got to do is give it the money and tell it what your tolerance is, and it'll do the rest. What he's saying is he doesn't want such a thing to benefit only Schwab, where they're getting enriched off of it. They charge you fees or something else. Any of the benefits should only go to the people doing the trades. This is very similar to bots on the exchanges, where the thought is, is it that the bot is only benefiting the exchange in the sense that the exchange is getting enriched off the bot activity and the actual trader is not really getting any benefit? Do I think this goes anywhere? Possibly, because AI and predictive data is a huge thing when you're talking about the stock market side. When you add cryptocurrency, it's even worse because in cryptocurrency, you have no protections. So in the event that there's some trading activity that turns to go south, you don't have any sort of buffer. You have no insulation. You have nothing to protect yourself. So what I would say is if you are confronted with those types of tools, be careful and be smart about it. Don't get tempted, unless you're a gambler, 
I celebrate your right to gamble, but don't get tempted off the shiny technology doing trades for you is my only opinion on that. I want to talk about LinksDAO. LinksDAO, if you don't know what it is, this was a community that spawned up and it's based, it's overseas, it's not U.S., but it spawned up and what they did is they bought a golf course. They bought the Spay Bay Golf Club out in Scotland and what this is doing in there, they have a Discord, they have membership tiers to this whole thing. What they do is there's private courses and what they're now going to have is open entry to their own golf club as a perk of membership to this business. This caused a lot of people to look at it and say, hmm, maybe there's something to this. And because it's not, although it's crypto connected, the membership itself, you can buy the membership directly and you have access to everything that's there. And it all benefits the crypto community overall because they get, it's kind of like profit sharing in a way. The course is being renovated right now and they're going to start construction in the fall. They bought this whole business only for a million dollars, which isn't bad for a golf course. That's not bad. And then turning, taking the money and renovating this and turning it into what they want is a top 100 golf course. And they want to take and expand. They want to have more golf courses around so that the membership allows you kind of like a, you know, frequent flyer type thing. You can go to different golf courses and use your membership. If you're a golfing fan, and I know we have some golfing fans who listen to the show, shout out to Frenic. So, I was looking at this and I was intrigued by what they were talking about doing and the kinds of things that they were building on. And I had never heard of LinksDAO prior to this, but when I saw that they were actively offering the membership straight away and you didn't need to necessarily get into the cryptocurrency side in order to participate, that caught my eye. They're largely around Discord. They also have some other local group, uh, you know, get togethers that they do. So if you are interested in this and you are a golfing fan, at least to follow them and see their journey over time, I don't know how far it's going to go. I don't know if it's going to be successful. I don't know anything. I'm sharing it simply because if you are a golfing fan, it may be something of interest to you and you may want to follow their journey. The site is links.golf. That's links.golf. There's three tiers of membership. I was not paid by them. I'm simply sharing the word because I knew we had some golfing fans that listened to the show. Uh, I think the memberships are really good price prices for what you get. I guess really fair pricing. And again, you do not need to be on the crypto side. You're not required to buy into the crypto side. You can do a straight fiat transaction to buy a membership if you are interested in links down. Curve came out recently and they said, you know, these hackers that jacked our freaking money, jack move, jacked our money. Well, Curve was embarrassed by this, and Curve partnered up with two other orgs, Metronome and Alchemix, and they came out and said, you know what, we're going to go after these jokers, but here's how we're going to do it. We're going to put a bounty out. If there's anybody who can find these jokers and somehow get our money back, we'll offer you a 10% bounty, 10% of what's recouped. Quote, we will pursue you from all angles with the full extent of the law. Quote, you will have no risk of us pursuing this further, no risk of law enforcement issues, and this is to the hackers themselves, if you return the money. If you come back and you got a deadline, basically three days from now, you got to you got a free open message, give back the money and we'll back off you. If you don't, we're going to get some other people and we're going to offer them a bounty to track your asses down. That's essentially what they're saying, and they're more polite about this. So we're talking to the tune of $62 million jacked. If they're, the hacker is like one of those script kitties, sometimes they have no balls, and so they'll 
just bow down and give the money back because they're afraid of what might happen. But sometimes, and due to the nature of this hack, I'm assuming, and it's an assumption, that these are very elaborate hackers, that these are people that really know what they're doing. People have no fear of what might happen. And so I theorize, I theorize that they might be willing to negotiate the hackers. I don't think they're going to bow down. I think they're going to reach out and say, sure, we'll give you back this much. We're not giving you back all of it or something like this. That's my theory. If they don't hear back from the hackers and the hackers don't give any of the money back, then we know that they're really advanced hackers. And so then I'm curious to see the people that try to go after them, if they have any sort of success in getting any of that money back. All of this is intriguing to me. I, I like seeing, I don't like seeing people get jacked off like this, but I, I think it's intriguing and interesting to see this a kind of business in cryptocurrency where you just got, you know, these large organizations, they just get jacked by hackers and then they have to, they're forced to beg and plead. They don't have any sort of skin in order to fight off something like this. Cardano recently came out, the project came out and they were talking about what's going on with the U S economy and our debt. If you didn't know the United States had to borrow, I want to say it was like another trillion dollars and Fitch ratings, which is a basically it's a credit scoring system on the business side, downgraded U.S. debt. So a downgrade of debt is a serious thing. It essentially means that the value of purchasing the debt is no longer as good as it used to be, as in what confidence do you have that you'll get paid back on this? If you didn't know, other governments and other countries, et cetera, sometimes private companies will purchase the debt and what happens is they're expecting to get paid back. So they're borrowing money from these that are purchasing the debt so that they can use it to do whatever they're going to do with allegedly the promise of getting their money back. So the downgrade of this scoring from Fitch ratings is a big thing because it means that there's less value with the debt. Well, Cardano is basically saying, come on, man, the national debt's out of freaking control. And Janet Yellen was just on TV talking about we're in a good spot. And she's like, I don't understand what the problem is. We're looking good, doop, doop, doop. And then Cardano's like, what the hell are you talking about? This is, we told you this is a problem every single time. And we keep kicking the ball down the road over and over again. Fitch keeps saying, every time we get into this conversation with the debt crisis, we always extend it. We always extend it, extend it, extend it. And then it takes up to the last crunch minute before we do a deal to extend that debt limit and increase it and borrow more money and then print and print and print. And it got worse. And of course, the Republican side has been warning about something like this and nobody listened to them. Here we are. So now Cardano being on the cryptocurrency side, and of course, always cryptocurrency believes it's a viable alternative to fiat, is saying this is a problem because you've got your governments coming after cryptocurrency, you're harming cryptocurrency prices, you're causing a loss of sentiment, and you can't even keep your freaking debt in control. It's comedy seeing the banter back and forth, especially because we knew this was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. We knew that something bad was going to happen as a result of us not being able to pay our bills. I mean, could you imagine if it was just an individual? You kicked out of your house, right? Or get your utility shut off. There would actually be some ramifications, but not for the government, not for the United States government. They just increased taxes. That's what that word. That's what that is. The last bit I'll mention, and it's just a mention, is around hex and pulse chain, et cetera. It's having a rough time of it right now. Apparently, this whole situation started with a whistleblower. And apparently, the whistleblower had direct 
information that was able to connect the dots around Richard Hart that showed that apparently, and I have no proof of this, but apparently they were able to prove that he was misappropriating funds. They were able to prove and draw a direct line that he was using funds improperly and buying all this swag and all these cars and all this other stuff to fund his lifestyle, but also that he was doing a form of wash trading. What would happen is when Hex first launched and it shot straight up, like it was significant jumps, and then it crapped. And it has some pumps every now and then, but it never got anywhere close to where it was. And I think it got as high as like 50 cents. What they found, and this is all blockchain, so you can see it yourself, but what they found was that apparently money was going into this business from whatever sources. There's some sort of a fee structure around hex. There's something around the staking. There's all these different points where there's a fee and it gets redirected and the redirect actually goes to a wallet that Richard Hart controls. That wallet then, what was happening was it was these were being sold off partially to fund his lifestyle, partially to feed back into the project. That's a form of wash trading because what you're doing is you're recycling money to make it look like there's significant pumps happening. This happened with Seifu. This happened with Titano. This happened with Libero. This happened with many projects where you're giving the illusion of activity and it's not really... It's not real. It's not real interest. Like your holder account might be increasing, but when you look at the spread between the market cap, the true market cap, and the volume, that's your hint. So if I look at this WorldCoin crap, right? WorldCoin's garbage. Its numbers have not significantly moved. However, its price is, I would argue, 10x higher than what it should be. How is that possible? If the volume's not going up and the market cap's not going up, but its price is trading 10x higher it means that somebody's influencing the price. That's basically what's happening there. And that's why all of these different things that were found is what's going on with Hex. And so if you're in Hex or we're in it, be careful. Same with WorldCoin. I'm not telling you what to specifically do with your money. I'm telling you to be careful no matter what it is. It's a sketchy world out there, a sketchy business. I think we'll recover and I think we'll be okay in the long run. But right now it's a sketchy deal out there. We got a long ways to go, especially with this whole you know, SEC focused thing and XRP and HEX and HEX is yet another, you know, where it's just going to add scrutiny, more scrutiny to the cryptocurrency. That's not to say that we're not going to see things going to run. You know, we're seeing bone going to run. But I think that the scrutiny is always going to hold stuff back from where it really could be. You know, we were, we were poised to go to really high numbers by uh, fourth quarter. And now we've lost a lot of that momentum. And hopefully we'll get it back, but time will tell. All I can say is just be careful no matter what you do, be careful and be smart about it. Try try not to be tempted by green candles. If you're a gambler and you want to just roll dice on it, I'm, I'm not going to fault you for it and I'll respect you for it, but I'm saying be careful no matter what you do and make sure it's money you can afford to lose. That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors, the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. 
Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.